Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Inside information on your teams, honest opinion, and the biggest names in sports. It's time, Las Vegas, for the Playmakers. Welcome to the day of number two, the Playmakers. Lindsey Brown is my name, Ross Mahoney, just across the way from me. How are you today, my friend? Back at it for day two. I'm excited. Yeah, did you get a good night's sleep after uh, the the (laughs) notes that you poured over of yesterday's program so many improvements to be made right uh, i everyone's their own worst critic right oh yes absolutely yeah. what was your critique of of yourself yesterday if you had to give uh, yourself one uh i felt like i was easing into it with you so mm. it was good but we're friends outside of here right. so exactly i think that definitely helps I, w- I was talking with uh some members of my family last night i was just the transition and how uh, valuable i think it is that First of all, I know you, like you said, friendship right. that was present before you were here in our studio, but same with, with Mark and his new responsibilities. I mean, Adrian, you're really the only new person into here, <laughs> and and while you, you do continue to wear different Cleveland Browns hats, just out of respect to the greatest name, not the greatest team, the greatest name in sports, uh, I guess we'll let you stick around at least through today. I've you becoming... make me feel so loved. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what we're aiming for. I'm becoming uh, increasingly fond of the Cleveland Brown uniforms though they're they're less hideous than they used to be probably because the football looks a little bit better being played in them yeah I yeah. think so too and once they moved like we're well we're orange pants you know when it just when they go on the road and the Chargers unis are like this too it's just different when they wear the blue or the yellow pants yeah. you know they just stick out and it's just it, it's it's a fresh look but I'm sure it would look better if uh we could get the Big Al's toy barn guy in there to sew up Baker Mayfield's <laughs> arm because that's what uh, the, the metaphor I used to describe him. Because what is it a torn labrum and broken collarbone? It's something that he has? like that. He's he's got a million different injuries. He's a he's he's a broken teddy bear sewn back together. Right, but he's the best uh, quarterback that they've had pretty much ever, and yet so many people are ready to move on from him. And I just don't understand that. But that's like a football. That's super football heavy for the initial moments here of the playmakers because we usually do our check down. We got hockey stuff to talk about. Uh, next segment, we're going to go into a little bit deeper of the weeds because yesterday we were talking about players dealing with injuries and, and the exit from their career, or the disruption of it. But in terms of the after and in terms of the dark parts of the after, we're going to kind of explore what the cost of untreated trauma is and, and, and the effect on athletes and the cost on the rest of society as well. As I said, the hockey is happening at 4 p.m. The Golden Knights are going to be in Boston facing off against the Bruins. And we're going to try something a little bit differently in the second hour where, Ross, you and I are just going to basically freewheel and talk about what we're seeing on the screen and have a conversation between uh, uh, you and I about the hockey as the hockey is going on. I think it's going to be very, very creative. I think it'll be educational for me. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And for everyone. And for me, too. It's <laughs> I, I learn new things every day about the things that I'm quote-unquote experts or an expert in, but uh, you can never stop improving. 
And then we have Joe Ostrowski, who joins us each and every Tuesday with Sports Betting Insights. So we have so much to get to on today's Playmakers. So let's just start where we usually do with that checkdown. It's your daily checkdown, powered by Odyssey Sports. Number one. All right, this was a huge story yesterday, and I did not breach it because I just, it was in the number one spot, and I started with number two. But it was a big day yesterday, so we'll let that slide by. But yesterday, uh, USA Gymnastics and the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee announced that they will be paying $380 million to the survivors of the former Olympic doctor, Larry Nasser. All the, the the members of the gymnastics team were talking about the, the Simone Biles, the Michaela Maronis, the Allie Racemans, and, and so many other uh, young athletes that were victims at that point and now survivors. You're, you're both always. And uh, while a dollar amount, I'm sure, is helpful, it will never erase. It certainly doesn't make it any better. Uh, but accountability is the most important thing, especially in our society uh, today, because it's just so rare, especially from the institutions that are uh, tasked with protecting the people within it. Well, again, you know, as you were suggesting before and, and what we'll talk about coming up in another segment is the long lasting effects of the abuse. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And how little we do for multiple uh, intersectionalities of our of our population in supporting that and. Remember this, there was also a settlement uh, with Michigan State University that was previously previously awarded for $500 million. Yeah, we're almost Exactly. And so this is one man, and he's not the only one, as we know, but it just shows you how, how, how destructive it is, how it permeates. And again, the accountability needs to be in, in these instances because, it, because if it's not here, where will it be? Sure. Where will it be? Moving on. Number two. <sighs> Jerry, I get it. You own a yacht. You own a football team. You're the GM of said football team. You call all of the shots. You make the shots. And you deal with zero of the consequences. But, like, when you're in the doing your radio show hit every week and you're saying the wide receivers aren't playing well or, yeah, Dak is in a little bit of a slump, I understand why we're honest here. We're, we're here to be reflective. We're here to get better. But does it really serve your team that well, Jerry, to say, yeah, I confirm it's probably fair that uh, Dak Prescott is in a slump? Yeah, it's been a couple of games. He's, you know, he's almost equal with touchdowns and interceptions. He's had mm-hmm. a rough go of it. Um, you know, the team. The calf has, injury that he had a, a few weeks right. back where he had to take a week off. Yeah, he had to take a week off. You know, they've been they've had some COVID issues on that team. Amari Cooper was out for uh, two games, as a matter of fact. And, mm-hmm. you know, there, that can have a long-lasting effect on a team. We saw what happened. Cam Newton obviously was not the same last year before COVID as he was after COVID. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, like you said, I don't I don't know how productive this is to call out your quarterback on the radio when he's not really in a in a big slump. Maybe he's just a little off. Absolutely. And and you've mentioned a few moments of adversity that, that team is dealing with or has actively dealt with. I mean, McCarthy's been in and out of pro, uh, COVID protocol. I know he's head That's coach, right. but he's offensively minded and we've given the reins to Kellen Moore, but we all know how micromanagement works as we're talking about Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. Believe it or not, I'm sure it trickles down. Sure. And so uh, I just don't, having the higher ups talk about what the lower ups performance is in the public sphere. Maybe there's a lot of uh, back padding and, and it's okay, sir. It's okay, buddy. You're, we're just saying this in front of everyone else, but it just, it's extra noise. It's extra drama. And if they're not playing that well, why would you add to it? Yeah. The spotlight's already on that team. Yeah. 
He's the one that's pointing it at them. This is the problem. This is the problem. Why does it always have to be about you, Jerry? But it is Jerry's world. Number three. All right. So the college sports landscape. Slightly transient, Rossi. Just ever so slightly uh, unpredictable. But Spencer Rattler, who has been a big name associated with uh, collegiate athletics as, as the former quarterback of the Oklahoma Sooners. He was benched halfway through the year. He was benched a couple times in, in favor of, of a younger, better version of himself, but he decided to enter the transfer portal like so many players are doing, and he has chosen his destination, uh, Rossi, and he has chosen to take his talents to South Carolina and reunite with Coach Shane Beamer, who is also an Oklahoma uh, coaching product. And right. so he'll be going down there to play and at least compete for that job. I know that Spencer Rattler is a name that came with a lot of expectations of Heisman hopes and NFL draft stock, and that still might be the case, but the road has taken a few different turns than we anticipated, and he's got to do a lot of rehabilitation work on himself, on his image, and probably on his work ethic in his new home in South Carolina. So he's looking for a clean start. Do you think this has to do with his uh, maybe people questioning his ability, or do you think this is all about the fact that uh, he wants to play for, you know, um, he doesn't have trust in the system at Oklahoma since Lincoln Riley left. I think he got sat by Lincoln Riley and he would have left Lincoln Riley if Lincoln Riley were still there. I, I just, I think most people don't have time, a lot of time these days to be told no. And so I'll go find someone who's, who will tell me yes. Do players still have to sit out a year of nope, eligibility? That is now waived and has been the last couple of years. Lots of things have changed in the in the landscape of college athletics. And it, the NIL, the transfer portal, but that one, that just change in general is huge. Yeah. Because if you don't have to sit out a year, especially if it's interconference, I mean, that was stuff that I was dealing with as a, as a college athlete where hockey, you couldn't transfer within conference. It was just a huge deal. It was highly disruptive. But now the coaches can kind of do whatever they want. So should the players. Yeah, you used to have to sit out a year, mm-hmm. and then your eligibility, you still got the same amount of eligibility. But yeah, you're, it was if, a red if, shirt if, year if you had one. Right. You're essentially putting off uh, you know, a chance of getting a payday and then and the pros yep. uh, by a year. So why do that? Yep. Well, it's all about the power dynamics of control, and uh, there's less of it in that game. And in some ways, that's a great thing. And in others, maybe not so much. Number four. Speaking of elements of control, I mean, we talk a lot about the uh, Minnesota Wild on this program for just due to my history. Being <laughs> from the area, the team obviously has a, a lot of shared recent history with the Golden Knights. They beat them the other night, the playoffs last year, the West Division. Well, Bill Guerin, who is credited with the big-time turnaround that the Wild have gone through the last couple seasons after middling around, uh, he has been named the general manager of the team for the United States delegation uh, hockey going to Beijing now getting a little bit more dicey with more players weighing in on the, on the things that we were discussing yesterday with Rob and Leonard with Alex Bertrangelo where they're, they're thinking, well, if we test positive and we have to stay over there for five weeks in, in Beijing and not get paid and we're not going to be with our families. Do I really want to go? Yeah. Is it worth it? Right. And Garen, who uh, this usually wouldn't be named right now because as we're just a few months away from potentially participating in the Olympics, let's not forget that uh, Scotty Bowman was the former GM of Team USA, also the former GM of the Chicago Blackhawks. And I think we don't need to really go into exactly why he is no longer in the positions that he was. <laughs> and uh, we knew ahead of time that he probably shouldn't have been in that position right. that he was. And it took the, the game a while to realize that too. And that's Hockey 101. And 
Uh, hopefully, Garen has uh, enough X's and O's to put together a solid team for Team USA because it is going to be a very, very competitive field and one that it was a Cinderella one and uh, Cinderella run in 2010. It would be considered the same thing this time around too. And Garen's actually played in the Olympics before. Yep, as a player, absolutely. He's played pretty much every role as a player. He's signed big time free agent deals. He's failed on them. He's been traded for bags of pucks. You know, he's been the enforcer. You have that. You have a really holistic understanding of what makes a team, what makes an individual part of the team, and everything else. Uh, usually, a, a pretty good character to tap as the as the leadership material. So hopefully. He brings the good ones to the yard. Number five. All right. There's like literally too many COVID things going on for me to just go individually. I could have done the entire check down. I'd be like, so the Lakers canceled practice today because there is a positive COVID test. And then there's eight Cleveland Browns on this COVID list, including uh, Landry and Teller. And then Odell Beckham Jr. was added overnight. Uh, the NHL, we have the Calgary Flames that are on a pause. And then Brad Marchand, who is a very, very big part of the Boston Bruins, Bruins uh, franchise team, who the Golden Knights happen to be playing tonight. He is out of tonight's game uh, due to COVID positive tests. And there's Nashville and, and Vancouver. It's not looking great right now, Rossi. Not only that, even in the music world, Doja Cat had to cancel all of her not shows. Not Doja Cat! Yeah, she's got COVID. Did uh, we alert Sweetie, though? Uh, yeah. Can we do the best friend we collab? Can't do, can't do one without the other. We can't. You can't. Billie Eilish announced she had COVID. Yep. And so, uh, get shots if you don't already have one. <laughs> and if you don't have one, I guess mask up. And if you don't want to do that, I guess I have nothing else to add for you because you're not going to listen to me anyways. But... Things are getting a little dicey, and it's the holiday season, so extra precautions are being taken. And uh, I don't know if any of the leagues would say, "Well, we have to fit. We have to see what the doctors say." I, the doctors aren't the ones making the call. It's you, right. Roger. It's you, Gary. It's you. All the people that are actually in power. And so, uh, but we all answer to the all, all almighty dollar first and foremost. And we were talking about it a little bit before the show today. Uh, I'm a little surprised that you know these leagues haven't built in. You know, a, a, it's easier with the NFL because they play once a week. But why? Right. Why have they not built in uh, what's could be called COVID weeks? Yeah, you know, get like after every Reading five weeks, room. just one week. That way, if they have to move a game, yep. uh, because of some reason like that, they can move it to that week. Otherwise, everybody gets a week to just get healthy. Yeah. Why NHL? Why did you get rid of the taxi squad? Why did Why do we think that we could just run free and clear? Because last year we had guys on retainer ready to go and get called up in case you know people had uh, a positive test. Test ahead of the game, which it, that's not even truly the problem. The problem is, is that the NHL is so stringent on their cap that you can't send people down. You can't call people up because then you expose them to waivers and stuff. So that problem that the Golden Knights had in the regular season finale against the Colorado Avalanche where they didn't have enough skaters. Right. People are just like doing that on the reg, like yeah. throughout this entire season, just based off of what's at their disposal. I mean, you can name a couple members of the Golden Knights that normally wouldn't be on this team. Like Michael Mario, you scored the other night. We're hugely uh, proud that you're on this team and you're bringing something to the fourth line. But if the waiver wire wasn't a thing, you probably wouldn't be here because we'd be calling up our younger guys who are we've invested in that are ready to maybe take a step. But for us to send them back down, then everybody else gets to say, well, I might want to dibs him too. Right. And so it just, why didn't we do ourselves any favors? Yeah. Doesn't it's, make any sense. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a shame that they haven't found out a better system yet. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to take more than uh, than an email two weeks ahead of Thanksgiving to say, hey, maybe take a few extra precautions because <laughs> the fam is in town. Because today, at, at least according to Tom Palacero at 120 p.m., there's only or over 60 players going on the COVID list with positive tests in the past two days in the NFL. In the past two Yikes. days. That Yikes. is a problem.
big time problem, whether it's scheduling for getting the Super Bowl off at the right time or we're getting the Olympics regardless. There's there's a lot of stuff, more stuff going around than there usually is. And so everybody's got to take those extra precautions. That was a check down that's powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. The other side of the break here, Rossi and I will be back. Lucky for all of you people. And we're going to talk about the cost of untreated trauma and pain. A little heavy stuff, but that's all right. That's what we're here for. This is the Playmakers on the Bet 1140. You found the Playmakers. Only on 1140 The Bet, Las Vegas. Playmakers here hanging with you guys until 5 p.m. Ross Mahoney over there. Lindsey Brown is the voice you are hearing through your ear holes right now. And, you know, sports are are kind of an easy subject to talk about sometimes. Or it has been considered in the past, but obviously... Sports mean a lot more than just dribbling a ball or passing a puck or or kicking one or whatever. Like it, it's there's a lot of society wrapped up in sport and a lot of sport wrapped up in society. And one of the larger themes that we talk about on this show and specifically like this part of the body, um, we're just starting to kind of understanding breach the the surface of of what we do to ourselves every day and what we're willing to sacrifice for the sport, for a future in said sport, for money that the sport brings in. Um, But earlier today, there was a story uh, of some findings. An autopsy revealed that um, a former NFL player who uh, shot six people in Rock Hill, South Carolina, Adams, Philip Adams, who was a a cornerback in the league, it was found that uh, he suffered from stage two of, of CT of, of chronic traumatic uh, encephalopathy, which is uh, the degenerative brain disease that we've learned so much about in the right. last 15 years with the NFL, with the NHL, anything with, with head trauma in the general concussion. Exactly. Exactly. And what, it, what really, I think we're at a point with society. It, it, we need to acknowledge what this actually is. And until the big time leagues are willing to take on that level of liability. I don't know if we can truly help the people that need it most because I hate when people um, basically just boil down when somebody does something awful like this mental illness, something wrong with them. Cause there's plenty of people in this world that struggle with, with mental illness or other things that don't, choose this action that don't have these behavioral problems or people that do have behavioral problems, but they have uh, a better support system or they have, it just, it doesn't happen. And I kind of gave away the answer already right there, but the support system that we put forth as a society and then that we use as a template in our own individual families, I think this is really where the solution is and where the overall moral failing in, in, in many ways is too. Well, I think it starts with healthcare. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the leagues need to do a better job of taking care of the people that put their body on the line for mm-hmm. them uh, in, in past players. I know they've, they've tried to make some improvements over the last couple of years, at least, mm-hmm. about, you know, and, and, and it helps when the current stars of your leagues are advocating for better health programs for the retired players. Right. Um, and I think that that's a big part of it. and. You know, again, you walk that line. We've talked about this a little bit off the air too. You walk that line of, um, it's it's a it's a thin line when you when you 
want people to get checked out, mm-hmm. but to mandate it almost at some point is an infringement of right. someone's freedoms. Right, exactly. Because I, I don't think it's a coincidence that if people suffer long-term exposure to, to brain damage, to quote-unquote abuse, that their behaviors just become more magnified. If their mood swings are already there, they just become more swingy. It's just back and forth more. And if you're brought up your entire life to be the best at this sport, to be overly aggressive, to have that 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 mentality that we see on the field, and and when your capacities to decipher what reality is, to to can uh, have control over your emotions, to even really identify your emotions, I, again. I'm not excusing any of the actions that obviously he's taken or anybody that has made choices like this. Yeah, you can't you can't use it as an excuse. Right. You can't blame. Right. Oh, well, he had CTE, so that's why he did right. all that. But we can do a better job in intercepting these people. And like I said, the onus is on the leagues first, and until they really truly say yes, the the physical nature of our game causes head trauma and head trauma causes this and this is what it is and we are willing to take care of our athletes after the fact we are willing to actually have uh, uh, protocols and suspensions that are uniform because I don't know if you've noticed in the last couple weeks maybe it's just mostly hockey because it's just more of the nature of the game but there's a lot of head hunting going on right now Mm -hmm. the athletes are getting after each other a little bit more they're going for knee-to-knee contact or they're just there's there seems to be maybe a different level of respect or Maybe it's just not as much of a of a breaking system on the part of the individual who's dishing out the the questionable hits because we've we've seen like four or two or three guys get stretchered off to the hospital mm-hmm. in the, in the past week and a half uh, in the NHL and two of those hits were from the same guy which are technically clean hits technically clean hits yeah but that's where well if you take the physicality out of the out of hockey it's not hockey if you take fighting out of it you're like it's not hockey which I'm not a huge fan of getting rid of fighting entirely either because if the league cannot police itself if the league cannot suspend these players if they cannot depend on the refs to have a good idea of what a penalty is what a penalty isn't and for them to exact the punishments that are necessary the players will do it themselves and once that vigilante justice starts that's where you start getting the cheap hits that's where you start getting the slew foots and that's where you see big time stars uh having to spend major major games away and it's overall eating into what is truly important to the owners the profit line but the overall health of the game yeah and so that's that's really the theme of this whole thing is like we are doing we are, we are acting against our our better interests in favor of the interests of very few and for not that great of a reason yeah I mean, look, the, these leagues, they, the players have pleased themselves for years, whether it's baseball, you hit a player on our team, we're going to hit a player on your team. Right. You know, you saw it even in the Dallas-Washington game the other day. Somebody, you know, shoved Dak about a yard and a half out of bounds, and, right. and he went flying. And then, uh, you know, Zeke got up off the bench, no helmet, went after a guy. And then the the offensive player for the offensive lineman for Dallas actually went and looked like he threw a punch and got ejected from the game for it. Right. But it was all in the interest of protecting somebody, mm-hmm. and also in policing. You didn't throw a flag. We're gonna we're gonna come right. after you. And well, and then there's there's the after the whistle stuff, whether there's punches thrown or whatever. And then there's like the actual game play where it's a high speed con- contact because we've seen those retaliatory hits in football. We see them in hockey all the time. It's because you think about 
it's one thing to punch someone and they're expecting. It's another thing for you guys to be moving at the speeds that you are and you're supposed to be doing, this is the plan to do A, and your plan is plan A, but mostly to just completely destroy sure. you. And you're just, you're not ready for it. And and just how easy it is for that switch to be flipped for some people to be like, I'm willing to do that. But But the impact on that individual going forward and just our kind of carelessness with that. And I don't know, we're not really meant to make those split-second decisions like right. when, when your emotions are heightened. And that's why I, I don't want to paint a picture where I'm holding players to an unrealistic expectation where you need to have your emotions in check at all time. You need to be ready to talk to the media right away. If somebody throws something at you, you need to be totally fine. That's not, that's not what I'm saying at all. But in terms of, do I need to throw this hit here? Do I need to come across the middle and make this play here? Do I need, uh, am I, am I... Is is this the the thing I need to retaliate for? I mean, even in even in sports like NASCAR, right? You mm-hmm. see someone someone gets bumped or or cut off, and what do they do? They go after the person and wreck right. them. Like right. you're you're wrecking somebody in a race car, right? Going 200 miles an hour that could potentially kill other people on the track with you, right? And that's usually I would just say beat them in the way that it matters. You go scoreboard, right? <laughs> Most people, I, I feel, would say, yeah, I totally do that. I don't think we're practicing that, though. Something has shifted in the last, I, I don't know how many years, but I, I feel like it used to be, well, I'm pissed, so now I'm going to beat you. Yeah. Now, now I'm pissed, so I'm going to make sure that you can't beat me. But do, don't you think it's more of a human nature problem where, you know, again— what, survival of the fittest com- well, competitiveness type well, that, of thing? that also you're driving down the road and somebody cuts you off. You want to race up so you yep. can flip them the bird. Yep. That's what I mean. There's that— that, that that control of emotions, that discipline in the moment. You have to have that emotional control or that stoicism. And there's a cost to that too. It's, sure. it's ultimately we we make choices that seem good at the time based off of what we value most in the moment or what we just value most in our in a, uh in our life at that point. And I just don't know why we don't take care of people better other than just we know it's almost too prevalent across all the leagues because if 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 we say head trauma is absolutely connected to playing hockey then everybody has a case right then if that's the case does everybody do what what the what the father of steve matador is doing where he's fighting for fighting against the league by filing lawsuits about for wrongful deaths for for connecting with his son who who, who died and has connections to this stuff because that's no it's he's 100 percent right in doing it but ultimately that's the scary thing about it that when when Big brother or or the the power figure or the just the power that be messes up and you go looking for accountability. You're also then going against it too, right? Yeah. And that's why people they don't want to, for one reason or another, it's just another reason in the list of them. Because ultimately that's the sport that their kid loved to play or that their whole family was 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 centered around and that all these memories are around. But it's what took their son or daughter away. Well, at some point, like you said, when you see that these leagues are being held accountable and they're being sued for things, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it has to go down to education where they have these seminars. Like, you know, they have rookie seminars in in almost every single sports league. You sit down and you you have to educate the players and go, listen, you're putting yourself at risk. Mm -hmm. Not only, you know, know, just for for minor injuries or things, but there could be some long-term effects by playing the sport. Right. And if you're okay with that, we want to show you the best way to manage – Right. You know, your health. But also the problem is if, if people start suing at some point, like, you know, do they start working these 
um, clauses in the contract saying that you can't almost like an NDA, right. like it's, you know, even in radio, you know, if we give away a prize, right. you, you know, in order to give away a prize in this day and age, you have to authorize people. You have to, you know, make sure like, you know, in, in my past, I've put on concerts, you know, right. you have to make sure that everybody knows there's no moshing at the concert because somebody could get hurt and turn mm-hmm. around and decide they want to sue. For so sure. liability is a big issue. Right. But it's hard to think about that and keep that in mind as we're talking about being in the moment, being competitive, being in an emotional state of mind, having that invincibility that so many of us feel when we're young or when we're doing what we love because we can kind of just turn off and and escape our our humanness in a way. But then there's the after the career bit. Mm -hmm. There's the there's the the treating of the wound and then there's the scar. Because as we were talking yesterday about so many of those injuries that, that were sustained by, by some of the athletes where it's just soft tissue or broken bones and stuff, things start getting sore as you get older. Yeah. And the paychecks <laughs> stop coming, yeah. at least from there. And not everybody's operating with a fully uh, supportive family or is married or, or has the full capacity to communicate what they need by the time they realize that something is wrong. Or when the money stops and Mm -hmm. the people go away, that does a number on someone's... 100%. Personality. My entire existence has been centered around this me. Right. And now I can't exist at this me because it's not my time anymore. And guess what? I haven't planned for the after because the after was never the fun part, especially now that I have to deal with all this pain, all these these memories, whether they're good or bad, you have a lot of time on your hands too. And so you start looking for things to fill that time or to fill the void or to fill uh, with feelings that feel better than what you're feeling right now. And that's where you have people looking for answers in the bottom of bottles or they're looking for answers in, in businesses, in, in certain businesses and risky behaviors. There are signs along the way for, for every single one of these individuals that are just missed because we're not looking in the right spot or as you said, we haven't been educated enough. Right. But it's not just educating to the to the point of, well, this these are the risks. This is what you can suffer. It's about creating a template for them to have that support network in the post, not just by your own organization, but with the families. This is how you have to do it. This is what a lot of people are suffering from. This is what some symptoms to look out for. That you know, because once you admit that this is my burden to bear, you can help other people who are also bearing that burden. What do you think the percentage of players are? Because, you know, athletes, they're young, they're, they feel invincible. They, yep. they, you know, what do you think the percentage of players are that you would present the facts to and say, this could potentially happen after uh, your playing career is over with and that they, it, it deters they them quit. or they go, you know what, I'll deal with it when I'm done and I'll try to get some help at that point. But right now, like, I just want to. Well, we you all know, we all want to believe that we're going to have everything, money, yeah, right? everything <laughs> taken care of, and that's not going to happen to me. And I'm gonna I'm gonna have the best network ever, and I'm gonna have a good business because I'll invest well and 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 do all of that. I don't know if that's a decision you could put in the hands of the athlete because by the time that you, they are capable of making that decision, they're already kind of down that road far enough. It's about parents and whether or not are we going to put our kid in football. Yeah, are we going to put our kid in hockey? Uh, are are we going to put them in the hyper competitive? Because sometimes it's it's not. Uh, the frequency that they play, but maybe the certain environment that they play with. We've talked several times in this program about how just 
parents in ice arenas have changed and how aggressive they are and how they don't stick up for kids the same way and how they berate refs and how yeah. they berate kids and, and what that does to the kids on the ice. You see kids running around trying to take heads off, trying to injure people, and you will if you try. But I think with People parents, injure people when they don't try. I think with parents still, I think, you know, a lot of them see that as, especially in, you know, Poor economic neighborhoods. This mm-hmm. is their way out. This is our meal ticket. This kid's exactly. good at football. Or Hyper he's good at scarcity baseball. environment. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's let's let him play, take care of the family, and get out. And then the, the, we're the willing athletes... to do whatever because it is the ticket to the rest of whatever it is. Right. And the athletes yep. feel yep. like responsible. Oh, th- responsible. I have to take care of my family. Yes. Naomi Osaka literally said that on her documentary series on Netflix and the pressure that she felt because she doesn't really like tennis that much, but she knows that if I'm not doing this, we're really poor. Sure. And so it just, with that mindset, it's understandable why so many people get into bad spots where they're being taken advantage of as their career is happening or after the fact because they weren't aware of the consequences or they just didn't have the the opportunity to really take those into consideration because they have to do it to get out or whatever. It's just, it's such an enigma wrapped up in a riddle. And it starts at home. It starts in society. But regardless, it's something that we have to talk about because it's not going any, uh, away anytime soon, especially if the, the powers that be aren't willing to admit that it is indeed the paint that they have painted themselves. Well, we got to take a break, and we're going to preview that Golden Knights-Bruins matchup that is starting at 4 p.m. So the bet, 1140, we'll be back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You found the Playmakers. Only on 1140 The Bet. Las Vegas. Golden Knights, Boston Bruins, just a few minutes away. So we got to give you guys a little bit of a preview of what we should be looking for, for some success in the town of Beans, Ross. You're very familiar with the Southie part of Boston, are you not? Uh, born in Boston, yeah, more North Shore than South Shore. Oh, you're really North Shore. I mean, the Kings, you say. Yes. So you're a huge Charlie Coyle <laughs> fan, aren't you? I am, uh, yeah, listen, I was born in Boston. All my family's still there. Yeah. My extended family. So how long there. did you live there? Because you don't have an accent. No, no, no. I, I moved out of there when I was three. Yeah. Moved to Florida. So just before it really set in. Yeah. <laughs> before before I <laughs> got your the first accent. beer, basically. Right. Yes. But my parents, they actually, my parents have, well, my dad's passed away, but my mom still has a, a twinge of a Boston accent. And she's been out of Boston for 30 years. Yeah. It never really leaves you. Mm-hmm. It never really leaves you. And the Bruins are, are, are a team that never really leaves the conversation in terms of contenders in the East. They play in a very competitive division. And they've gotten off to a little bit of a slower start this season. But I think it's more due to the fact that they've had such a weird schedule. They, they had like 
uh, their first game six days after everybody else did, and then they've had a couple of random weeks off, which all teams go through. It's yeah. just that it's been very uh, weirdly allocated for this team. And as we uh, said earlier in this hour, Brad Marchand, it was, it was announced uh, earlier today that he will be out for tonight's contest. He was tested positive for COVID-19. He's a huge part of that squad. Uh, the guy who everybody hates except for the people that right. have the bees on the sweater. And for somebody who, uh, with all of the theatrics that he's done over the course of his career, he's a <laughs> damn good hockey player. And that's what really like pisses people like sure. me off. Cause you're like, why are you wasting your time? You're playing on a line with Patrice Bergeron. Who's like literally one of the best two way hockey players of all time. And then David Pasternak shows up a couple of years ago and completely changes everything. Cause they were middling. They were missing the playoffs in the final game. Tuca wasn't playing super well. And so it always come down to the final game and then they would miss it. But sometimes you're one player away and you're able to take a step, they lose in another Stanley Cup final. Boo-hoo. We all feel bad for you. Not really. But now they're here, and they're facing off against the, the Golden Knights tonight. Uh, in between the pipes for us will be Robin Leonard. No surprise there. And then Linus Allmark, a number 35, will be uh, playing for the Boston Bruins. Definitely more of a flopper goalie, very long down low. He's going to be able to explode across the bottom of the bottom of the net mouth, and so you're going to want to get those pucks up very quickly. But when you have those low hands and so much weight just uh, carried that uh, low into your stance, your hands fall forward, and sometimes it takes you two moves just to react up one. That would take one if it, if it was just a, a little bit more of an upright stance. So it's somebody that they can take advantage of as long as they're getting that traffic in front of the net that they've been doing a, a really great job of as of late. So the strategy is to get the pucks up. Get the pucks up, yep, and and make sure that you're doing that garbage collecting that we were talking about the other day like because we're, we're, we're cleaning up those rebounds. Those goals, that's where I forget what the overwhelming percentage of, of the goals that are scored in the right in front of the net mouth, but it's because of the, of the rebounds. It's about cleaning pucks up, about second and third chances, and then making sure that you don't allow your opposition to get uh, nearly as many in your end, and that's something that the Golden Knights struggle with. They're very good at, at, at doing what ails them. And so uh, getting those cleaner sight lines for, for Robin Leonard that we've talked about over the last week, week and a half or so, he's a guy that relies on reads when we're having everybody focusing on trying to block shots. It doesn't allow him to do his job as a goaltender, which is focus on the puck. It is the player's job to focus on players. So they should be focusing on clearing out bodies, disrupting the triangle so they don't have those chances at the rebounds, uh, and, and making sure on face-offs that we're not just traffic cones out there because there's been a few goals scored right off of the dot. I called it gumming up the works yesterday. They're, I they're love getting that. in the way. Absolutely. Tons of mud, and that's what we like to hear. Uh, power play has looked pretty good over the last uh, few games. Obviously, they went two for uh, four the other night. That Stone to Donoff connection down low. Why don't we feed that beast? That is the beast that, or that, is, the beast that is feeding us. And so when the Bruins try to do that penalty kill and they say, well, Max Pacioretty, you score all the goals because you are you are one of the best shots in the league. We're going to take you away. We're going to take a uh, page out of the playbook of Bill Belichick. We're going to take away your best weapon. We cannot automatically then default to just feeding Alex Petrangelo and Shea Theodore at the point and trying to get all the rebounds because we can get rebounds from other shots in other places of the ice. We don't always have to fight through five or six bodies before we get that puck to the net because sometimes it doesn't get there. Most times it doesn't get there, but if we're focusing that play down low, Rossi, if we're approaching from the flanks or from like the half walls, like where Patches is, and we're focusing that play down low, we can get rebounds, and guess what? We're in the best position, and we're right here to clean them up because we're not spread out just making passes and getting our shots blocked all the time, right? you got to cut through the underneath. It's like the third and run fro. It's that, but in the in the hockey sense. Right. 
And then uh, I think the Golden Knights need to do a little bit better defensively of of just staying within uh, a stick length of whoever they're covering because the Knights just kind of lose their, their homework, for lack of a better metaphor, when it comes to their defensive zone. But it's not necessarily knowing what you have to be doing. It's just knowing where, where you need to be. And so just that uh, better attention paid and kind of just being a Velcro on those people, like just always be within that amount where I can disrupt you, where I can make sure that you don't get to do whatever you want. Because if you're not, that means you're out of position. If you're out of position, you're chasing. If you're chasing, puck usually ends up in the back of the net sure. one way or another. Well, we talked about this yesterday, too. This could be a bonding experience for the Golden Knights. This mm-hmm. is a four-game road trip. You know, they're they're on the East Coast all this week, mm-hmm. and this is a chance to, you know, with, with some of the players that have come in and, and gone out because of the COVID protocol, this is a chance to really bond, have a close-knit network, and, and spend some time and get on the same page with all your teammates. Yeah, absolutely, and especially with how Boston, they were just in Western Canada. Like, they played uh, Calgary and Vancouver, and then they went they go home for this one game, and then they go play New York and all of them, too. So it's right. just like kind of a, a very – fluid situation and so for for a for a team in Boston where their power play just operates at a very high level their fifth best power play at home 27% uh just a hair better than just overall at 25 and then their PK at home second place in the league so that the Golden Knights newfound success on the power play will absolutely be tested but as we said earlier Brad Marchand out of this lineup changes a lot of things. And he's not the only one that's out uh, in, in terms of COVID protocol. Uh, Smith character, not Riley Smith and not Riley Smith's brother. Uh, <laughs> he's also out. But they're a team that can be taken advantage of. They're a team that has uh, still youth on their blue line and not nearly as reliant on scoring from that blue line as they have been in the past when Tori Krug was on that team. They had McAvoy. Uh, Jake DeBrusque is still on that team, even though he doesn't want to be. So that's another narrative that's kind of floating around, too. And we get reunited uh, with with uh, Eric Howla, who is part of the Golden Misfits. Uh, Thomas Nosek, who's been out for a few games. I'm not sure if he's going to be available tonight. But if he is, he's one of our better players that left us in free agency for for a bigger paycheck. But uh, it, it should be a really good game. And as you said, the a first chance at a bonding experience and a physical, positive, reinforcing experience at that if they're able to uh, to get the win on the road tonight. So your prediction is Golden Knights by 100? Accurate. 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 <laughs> You're rounding down, of course, because of course. We, we have to you know give some some credence to that team uh, uh, across the you way. you got to give them a little credit. Absolutely. We, gotta, we have to acknowledge everyone. Every single segment of this population and of this show must be acknowledged. And for us to do that, we got to go to a break. So we'll be right back. This is Bet 1140. You found the Playmakers. Only on 1140, the Bet, Las Vegas. It's a big old night in the game of basketball, potentially. I mean, it's meant to be a big night for about six or seven games straight, but Steph Curry, the three-point record all-time in the NBA. He's two three-point buckets away. Reggie Miller's in the building to make the call. He's got to do it tonight, right? On Ray the Allen's going to be there, obviously. Yeah, sure. and so if you have everybody in, and it's in Madison Square Garden, and you're taking pictures pregame with your jersey and those other two names you just mentioned in the background – I mean, it's it's a picture-perfect moment besides the fact that their plane that was meant to take off last night couldn't, so they flew out this morning and are dealing with a little bit of adversity that almost every other sport deals with except for NBA players. Right. So, uh, Draymond Green, we don't feel bad for you. Play play the <laughs> basketball. And, and Steph Curry will do what he does, and hopefully he doesn't put up 16 threes because sometimes when you're pressing for something like that, it, 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 can, it can elude you on purpose. But I... 
we talk a lot about just the singularity of, of Steph and what he has done for the game of basketball way before Stephen A. started talking about it today. Of just the, right. the, the transcendence, and he changed everything. But is he going to be the one at the top of the record books now? Because he's the, he's the ship that launched a thousand more. But are there, and one of those thousand, there's probably a better version of him, right? We constantly get better. That's what, that's what human biology is. That's what evolution is. Will his record be safe? I don't know what it's going to be because he's only 33 years old and, and he's already breaking. So we don't know exactly where he'll leave it. But considering where we are just in how we produce athletes. Yeah, I, you, it's, a, it's a copycat world. And yeah. every time you have a transcendent star like a Michael Jordan or a LeBron James, you get kids that grow up watching them. Yeah. And they they got to do that. it. This is how my road to success is. And that's yep. what you have to do. And maybe it'll stand. Maybe it won't. But I hope it happens tonight because it's too poetic not to be. And that's what we are in the business for. Poetry. I think it happens early. Poetry in motion. The Playmakers. We'll be right back. With the second hour. Bye. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.